There is a massive problem with the vast majority of self-proclaimed alpha male black pill type content on the internet. So I'm going to tell you what real masculinity looks like. Welcome back to Spare No Arrows. My name is Cody Lawrence and we are going to be talking about hyper, well, what I'm going to call it is fake masculine content because that's exactly what it is. Some people call it hyper masculine. I'm not sure that there is such a thing. I think there can be masculinity twisted, I th- uh, but like a, a very masculine man, a hyper masculine man should be a good thing. And so I want to help us understand the problem with this quote unquote hyper masculine content and why it's actually fake masculine content. And what real biblical masculinity looks like in reality. <laughs> so what what got me on this subject was that a friend of mine shared a video from one of these self-proclaimed alpha male black pill types. And the video was titled, well, I'm not even going to tell you what the video was titled because it was absolute nonsense. I don't want to give the guy views. Um, it's embarrassing and it's stupid. But his argument was essentially this. The government has a patent on marriage. Evidently, that's true. Um, I didn't look it up, but you know, let's just grant that. Okay, a government has a patent on on like how marriage works, essentially. <laughs> and... Therefore, because our government corrupts a lot of things, the government has corrupted marriage. And so if you sign a marriage certificate, you're a slave to the government and their corrupted system of marriage. So don't get married. Now, this kind of content flips reality on its head. People look at it and it looks like everything's in its proper place, except you don't realize it's all completely upside down. So this is, I mean, it it might sound attractive on the surface if you hear this argument, but man, it is, it's such a bad argument. And I'll give you a few problems with the argument and then talk about this kind of content and the broader problems with it uh, in more detail. So the problems with this argument is essentially government has this system called marriage and he he kept saying god is not in marriage god is not in marriage because the government has a patent god isn't in marriage because the government has a patent on marriage evidently but here's the thing i have three points one god created marriage god defines marriage nothing can change the institutions that god has put into place not, nobody can just walk up and be like, uh, yeah, God instituted marriage and he defined it this certain way and he says it functions this certain way. And um, I'm just going to change the definition of that. That's not how it works. Nobody can change the definition, even if they think they can, even if they try, even if they're very powerful, like a government. Nobody can change what God has instituted, the the true definition. Just like nobody can change, you know, here's another like a sub point. If you believe a government can change the definition of marriage, then it follows that you believe that the government can also change the definition of other things that God has instituted, say sex. And, you know, that's exactly what we're seeing. We're seeing the government 
uh, affirming the idea that people can, well, they, I mean, people call it gender, but gender is just a made up stupid word that I don't think anybody should be using. Sex is the only important thing. <laughs> the, the word gender was literally created by an evil, evil, like a mad scientist essentially called John Money. You should look him up and how he destroyed the lives of uh, twin boys. Anyway, there's more to it. I I want to talk more about that in the future. But John Money was the one who put gender into our vocabulary as something that is separate from sex. And that change allowed us to believe, well, yeah, we can change our genders. Uh, A man can be a woman and a woman can be a man. But if you believe that we can do that with marriage, then why can't we do that with gender? Point two, just because the government says something, it doesn't make it true. So my f- my friend is not a big fan of our government. And hey, I'm not either. But he's saying the government actually, by, by using this argument, my friend is saying the government actually has the authority to redefine marriage. Marriage actually has been corrupted by the government. The government actually has the power to corrupt marriage. Now, I don't believe that's true because the government absolutely does not have that power. They can kick and scream and say marriage is something other than it is, just like they can kick and scream and say men and women are something other than it is. It doesn't make it true. But if you admit that the government can do that to marriage, then what you're doing is saying, well, the government has power over God. The government is my God, and God is actually subservient to the government. And that's stupid. It's ignorant. It's absolutely false. The third problem with this is if you apply this to marriage, you know, like I said before, let's apply it to other things. Let's apply it to gender. But how about this? Let's apply it to, um, so so my friend was basically saying like, no, 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 marriage is good. So once I, um, <laughs> I tried to argue with him a little bit and try to show him the truth, but he was saying, no, uh, once you sign that marriage certificate, like you're locked into this corrupt system. Okay. So if, if the fact you sign a, a, a certificate or a license means that the government owns that thing, well, uh, what about your driver's license? I know for a fact my friend has a driver's license. <laughs> Does that mean the government controls your ability to drive a car? Is it immoral in some way? Or is it like, well, the, the government has this car, so I should never drive. I should exclusively drive without a driver's license. That's ridiculous. You can drive without a license, but, you know, like everybody has a driver's license and that's a reasonable thing to have. And it does not mean that the government owns you. It doesn't mean the government owns your car. It doesn't mean the government is controlling any aspect of your transport, right? What about property tax? Probably we all pay property tax in some capacity if we're an adult and we own property, um, but if you do that, does that mean the government owns your property? If if you pay money to the government and sign a marriage license and that means that they own marriage, do they own your property if you pay property tax? No, of course not. That's ridiculous. Now, I don't like property tax. I don't like income tax. I'm not saying these things are good things. I'm not saying the government has the right to charge, charge us certain kinds of taxes. I'm just saying, if you choose to pay those taxes, are you admitting that the government owns the things that you're paying for? No, absolutely not. Check this out. What about credit card debt? A lot of people have credit card debt. Some people have an enormous amount of credit card debt. 
if you have credit card debt and you have made that agreement to owe other people money, do they own you? If you think that the government owns marriage, if you sign a marriage certificate, then it might also follow that, hey, maybe whoever you're in debt to with your credit card payments because you signed that paperwork, you're their slave. What about this? I think here's the best example. Uh, It's very likely that my friend has a birth certificate. Does the government own you if you have a birth certificate? I have a birth certificate. The government does not own me. The government does not own my marriage. The government does not define my marriage. My wife and I have a marriage license, and I can guarantee you that God is in the very center of our marriage. And no matter what the government says about marriage, that does not change my relationship with my wife. It doesn't change how I interact with my wife. It doesn't change. I mean, it literally changes absolutely nothing about the way God has instituted marriage to be. I signed a paperwork out of mere legal convenience and we got a marriage license. Big deal. I think there's something called common law marriage also where if people don't decide to to sign a marriage certificate, you don't have to. But then the government, like if if people, if a man and a woman And now, because the government tries to change the definition of marriage, maybe a man and a man or a woman and a woman live together for a certain period of time, the government just acts like they're married. So, (laughs) it's like what the government should be doing is like keeping track of who's married because there are many... I think legal reasons why it's valuable to, you know, for like kids and property and things like that, why it's uh, important to keep track of who's married. And even in the Bible, we see marriage being a thing, not only between a man and a woman, but a man and a woman and God. And that thing is recognized by the king or the state. (sighs) So hopefully I have dismantled that argument sufficiently. It's stupid. And the guy came across as somebody who just hates women. Uh, I said he was some old guy. I mean, not old guy. You know, he's like a middle-aged guy. And I told my friend, it is shameful for someone like that to not be married, for an, for an older person to not be married. And my friend said, well, he was married. He was divorced. <laughs> that, that's even worse. You know, that's like taking advice about marriage from somebody who hates marriage and who claims to be using scripture Uh, to say that God isn't in marriage, even though God says that God is in marriage, which directly contradicts scripture. Um, But if, if you take a person like this seriously, it's like taking a person seriously who is an active murderer trying to teach you how to be a good person. People who have been divorced and who think that that's an okay thing to do when God says that divorce is not okay is not somebody that you should be taking advice from about marriage. But forget all that. There is one source that we should primarily be getting uh, our our marriage ideas from, and that's Scripture. It doesn't really matter what people say. Don't even take my word for it. Just read what the Bible says about marriage. The Bible says that marriage is a good thing. He who finds a wife finds something good. So let's talk about this fake masculine content that produces absolute trash like that. So a lot of these people, interestingly, I've noticed they 
they have this religious nature to them. Uh, they, they all comment about religion, and I think because all of them recognize that religion is an important thing. But a lot of them have come out of the Christian tradition in some way. This guy did. Um, other guys that I've seen have, uh, people like Andrew Tate have, they're very familiar with the Christian tradition and have perhaps been egregiously mistreated by the church in one way or another. Or maybe they went to a church of some kind hoping to get some kind of masculine truth, which exists, and found nothing more than an effeminate, lip-wristed man preaching from the pulpits who refuses to offend anyone, who won't tell men or women what they need to hear. They only tell men and women what they want to say, not what they need to hear, not what the Bible says. The truth is, men want to be punched in the gut sometimes. Men crave the fight. Men have an innate desire to find some kind of truth that makes them better. And they know in their heart that that truth should hurt because it hurts to make yourself better, to, to forge yourself, to refine yourself. And I think that is something that God has put inside of all men. And it is a natural and good and beautiful thing. And men are looking for that. And the place that they should find that is in the church, which is why I think so many of these fake masculinity, black pill, alpha male chumps hate the church. Because they see like, ah, the church should be offering this. And some churches do, but hey, I admit, they're right about that. The church has a serious problem with that. And so you got to make sure that your church is taking, you know, is like is preaching to men the way that men ought to be preached to. And for that matter, preaching to women, calling out the sins of men and calling out the sins of women. But like I said, men want to be convicted. They want to be challenged. And if they don't find that in, in church, then they go off and find it somewhere else. And where they're finding it, these well-meaning, misled, unfortunate men, is in these fake masculinity guys on YouTube. And they're offering nothing for them. It sounds good and it feels good, but it's, it's empty. It is substance-less. Men want to be challenged. Men knows that to become a better person, we need to be challenged. And a lot of men are just misled and, and they're like, wow, this is challenging. This is good, but it's not good. It's just, it just, it, it's like, it's like a drug. It fills some kind of hole temporarily, but it's not true and it's not permanent. To build your body. Men know this. This is something that I think God innately puts inside of men. To build your body, we know that you have to experience pain. To build your mind, you have to experience pain. You, you have to toil and put forth effort to learn, to become smarter, to become some kind of expert. To build your spirit, you have to submit to having the bad parts of yourself burned away by God. You have to admit your sin which is hard. Sin is easy, but repentance is painful. To follow Jesus, you must pick up your cross and follow him and love others like he loved others and sacrifice yourself like he sacrificed himself. Men are made to work, but work is painful, but it's meaningful. 
this is the the thing that is inside of men that makes us crave this kind of content but this kind of content twists true masculinity it what it gives men is a fake substanceless masculinity it's useless this is why alpha males that distance themselves from christianity are so completely pathetic people like andrew tate they're not hyper masculine they are sub masculine they are effeminate and i'll tell you exactly why but but remember these guys that are immasculine they are effeminate they have something in a way that that many churches do not which is the appearance of masculinity churches don't even try they don't even appear masculine <laughs> they don't even pretend to be masculine because our culture has made masculinity out to be some kind of bad thing but that's not true so churches need to be offering this stuff to men especially young men any kind of man because our failure as evangelicals, I think, have made people like this poor sap on YouTube who hates marriage. Marriage is not a hateful thing. Marriage is good and it's beautiful and it is built into the fabric of reality that God created men and women to fit into. We are made to get married. And if you uh, don't happen to have the very rare gift of singleness, which is a thing, I think you ought to get married if you can find a faithful woman. And if you're a woman, you ought to get married if you can find a faithful man. Singleness is not a blessing. That's another thing that churches are going to tell you. Singleness is a blessing. Oh, it's good to be single. It's not good to be single. That's why in Genesis, it says it is not good for man to be alone. It says that it is not good for man to be alone. It is not good for men to be single. That's what God says. <laughs> <laughs> these these fake masculine guys like Andrew Tate they convert men away from the godless effeminate world but they make them twice the son of hell of themselves and the men don't even become masculine like I said it's fake masculinity 2 Timothy 3 says this avoid such people for among them are those who creep into households and capture weak women burdened with sins and led astray by various passions, always learning and never able to arrive at the knowledge of the truth. Here's why I call this fake masculine content, fake masculine content, because these people are acting like women. They're not acting like men. They're acting like weak women. This, this video of this guy that my friend shared is acting like a weak woman. He acts like he hates women. He acts like he hates marriage. He has gotten divorced. He didn't care for his wife, obviously. And and the way that 2 Timothy 3 says weak women act is that they are burdened with sins and led astray by various passions. I would ask anybody, if they are caught up in this fake masculine content, and hopefully none of my viewers are, but if you are, and if you're listening to this, ask yourselves, are you burdened with sins and led away by various passions. I think being led away to these fake masculinity content creators on YouTube is evidence that you are led astray by various passions. What about this? Always learning and never able to arrive at the knowledge of truth. If you think the height of masculinity 
is to hate marriage. If you think the height of masculinity is to be one of these women abusing, nasty, awful guys like Andrew Tate, then you are missing the truth. You are not arriving at the knowledge of truth and you never will. You have to repent of that. You have to abandon these idols of yours, these fake masculine idols, and you have to go after what true masculinity is, which is the masculinity that God has laid out since the beginning of time. The masculinity that God modeled in his son, Jesus Christ. Here is what another example of fake masculinity. Genesis 3. And they heard that this is Adam and Eve in the garden after they have both eaten the fruit of the knowledge of the tree of good and evil. Fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And they heard the sound of God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man and said to him, Where are you? And he said, I heard the sound of you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked and hid myself. And he said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree which I commanded you not to eat? The man said, The woman whom you gave to be with me, she gave me the fruit of the tree, and I ate. Then the Lord God said to the woman, What is this that you have done? The woman said, The serpent deceived me and I ate. So here we see something really interesting happening in this passage in Genesis. The woman is actually taking responsibility for her actions. Uh, I ate. I was deceived. The serpent deceived me. She's in a way putting it off on the serpent, but she's admitting that she was deceived. Adam, Adam doesn't even admit that he was deceived. He does not take responsibility for his wife's actions. And as her representative, he should. Adam should have said, hey, Save my wife. I know she has sinned against you, Lord. Take me instead. I sacrifice myself. But instead, Adam chooses to blame the women. And in fact, what I see out of so much of this fake masculine content is an absolute hatred of women. This this chump in this video that my friend shared, he hates marriage. He hates women, even if he says he doesn't hate women because he probably has sex with them often uh, out of marriage, but uh, that's not a love of women. <laughs> that's a hatred of women. Andrew Tate, he, he has literally abused multiple women. <laughs> he has hit women. He has, you know, like trafficked supposedly women, allegedly. Uh, but th- these, these fake masculine people, they go in this direction because they hate women. I think often it's because they realize that they are unlikable by women and instead of making themselves into the kind of man that they ought to be instead of taking responsibility onto themselves they blame the women they're like well it's the woman's fault it's their fault that they don't like me which is what you imagine a nerdy little weak puny pathetic like middle schooler doing when he can't get a date to the school dance it's pathetic and that's what these grown men are doing And that's what these grown men are leading young men into believing. Ignorant, sad young men who don't know any better, who don't go to church. That's what these people are being led to believe about women, that women are terrible. They are making exactly the same flaw that Adam did. But Jesus, being the new Adam, did what Adam didn't. Jesus sacrificed himself. Adam refused to sacrifice himself. He refused to take responsibility, and instead he put responsibility onto his wife. 
Jesus did the opposite. He says, the church, who is Jesus's bride, I am going to take her sins upon myself. I am going to take the sins of the world upon myself and Father, punish me for those sins and the church can receive my righteousness. That's what Jesus did. Jesus's kind of masculinity, the very source of masculinity even, Jesus Christ, right? The God who created man and woman. The source of masculinity shows us that masculinity has to love and it has to truly love. And the kind of love that I'm talking about isn't the kind of love that that just like lays over and lets people walk all over you. That's not it at all. The kind of masculinity that is true masculinity is love. It is gentle. And I don't mean the kind of gentleness that lets people walk all over you, but it's the kind of gentleness that where you have strength, but you hold it back. And a person cannot be gentle if they don't have any strength to hold back. That includes weak pastors in churches. Our churches need to have strong, masculine pastors uh, modeling the sacrificial masculinity of our Lord Jesus. And that's what some churches have. And, you know, you got to find one. If you don't have one, you got to find one where your pastor is a good representative of Jesus Christ to the church, a pastor who is qualified. Ah. <sighs> And you, if you're a man, and if you're a wife, encourage your husband to do these things. Encourage your husband to listen to this podcast. True masculinity is self-sacrificial. It is laying your life down for someone else because that's what Jesus did. If you're a husband, you have to be living in such a way to where you are laying your life down for your wife every day. Daily, you are picking up the cross of Jesus. Daily, you are laying your life down for your wife. If you're a single man, you need to be laying your life down for the things that you do have responsibility over and authority over. Like your the the family that you do have if you live with your family. If you don't live with your family, you should be honoring your father and your mother. You should be being masculine in your relationship with them. You should be laying your life down in your church for your fellow church members. You should be serving them and Uh, you know, self-sacrificing yourself to build the kingdom of God because men are workers, men are builders. We are supposed to be building things, building the kingdom of God. We cannot stagnate. We cannot get into a position where we start resenting things just because we don't have them like women. And we cannot substitute true masculinity that comes from the knowledge of God because wisdom starts with the knowledge of God. And sacrificing that for this fake easy masculinity that feels good but really it's it's gay it's it's so gay because gay people gay men don't like women <laughs> and that's that's exactly what these fake masculinity people do if you're still watching the video and you enjoyed the episode consider supporting the show over at patreon.com slash spare no arrows and if you like the show like it uh you know leave a review if you're listening to the podcast all that good stuff it helps show this content to more people. Thanks for listening. I'll catch you next time. God bless.